Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Um, so for our um, opening, I want to just do some crowdsourcing really quick. Without looking, okay, so promise me that you won't cheat. Without looking up or researching anything on the internet, can you name in the chat what were the what were some big news events that happened in 2022? Whether they were positive or negative, like what were some uh, big things that happened this year for us as Minnesota, as a country, or as a world? Uh, what were some big news events? Obviously, uh, the war uh, between Ukraine and Russia, the invasion of Russia, and just the like world, you know, seismic impacts that kind of came out from that. Um, uh, what else? Uh, the Queen Elizabeth II uh, passed away. Elon Musk took over. Uh, what's the platform that I hate? Twitter. <laughs> In addition to like all the other ones, yeah. Can um, what other what other big news events happened in twenty twenty two? The election resulted in uh, uh, Republicans having a slight majority in the House, but Democrats recovering the Senate. Uh, Roe v- Roe versus Wade was overturned this past summer, and all of the kind of like subsequent legislations introduced um, uh, because of that. Um, The only other one that I had was the James Webb Space Telescope took some really cool pictures of space, uh, which I think is (laughs) fabulous. So this has been a big year for our community, for our country, and for our world. And that's not even getting at uh, the big things that happened in your life. Um, maybe as we're in this worship moment, you can take a moment to reflect on, like, what did you learn in 2022? How did, how did, what were the big news events for your personal life and what did you learn from them? And then also, what are the questions that you are still asking yourself as you go into 2023. So what did you learn? You don't have to put the personal parts in the chat, but what did you learn in 2022? And what are the questions that you are asking yourself as you go into 2023? Yeah, uh, that's uh, some things that we can continue to reflect on. Um, yes, uh, we, we're getting more current events. By the way, this live stream and the, and the um, chat are on a little bit of a delay. So um, definitely weigh in on the chat. Um, Yes, Brazil and Colombia both had important election shifts. And actually, like many, um, uh, many countries around the world had uh, really important elections, some of which were shifting away from uh, uh, far right, kind of extreme right politic. The Crown Act didn't pass amazingly, uh, horrendously, perhaps unsurprisingly, but just like Um, The World Cup, yep, that was a big thing. Um, Major increase in anti-trans and anti-drag queen legislation, absolutely um, state-specific and nationally. Um, And a shout out to, I know that 
there's folks joining us from Alabama. Um, our prayers ascending for, for all of that. And so um, however you reflected or however you feel about that reflection, whether you feel like, man, 2022 actually had some good moments that I'm going to like deeply try to remember, or maybe there are some things that you're leaving behind in 2022. Take this worship moment as a time to ask God, like, what are the lessons that you are asking me to take with me, God? And furthermore, what are the questions that I am still asking as I go into 2023? So uh, that's that mindset that I want you to be in as we engage our scripture. I invite you to uh, get into a posture of listening deeply this is 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 10. I'll put that in the chat. Um, and we're reading the Common English Bible. So um, you can, uh, yeah, Common English Bible. So I'm going to read through this, and uh, I would love to hear what word or phrase sticks out to you from this reading. And uh, we can continue to kind of meditate on that. So this is 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 10. Examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Don't you understand that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. But I hope that you realize that we don't fail the test. We pray to God that you don't do anything wrong, not because we want to appear to pass the test, but so that you might do the right thing, even if we appear to fail. Hmm. We can't do anything against the truth, but only to help the truth. We are happy when we are weak, but you are strong. We pray for this, that you will be made complete. This is why I'm writing these things while I'm away. I'm writing so that I won't need to act harshly when I'm with you by using the authority that the Lord gave me. God gave it to me so that I could build you up, not tear you down. So I would love to hear from you. What was uh, a word or phrase that stuck out to you from that Second Corinthians reading? Just as a little bit of context, if you're filling out your worship companion at home, 2 Corinthians is a uh, part of the letters section of the New Testament, the epistles that's sometimes called. Um, it's uh, attributed to Paul. Often, most of the epistles are attributed to Paul, whether or not it was Paul or someone who's close to Paul. Um, we just read from 2 Corinthians 13, which is the last chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians. And so the... Um, in the chat, we see words sticking out. Unless, of course, you fail. <laughs> Even if we appear to fail, yeah. Complete, yeah. Examine yourself. Jesus Christ is in you. Build up, mm-hmm. We do not fail the test, yeah, yeah, yeah. The authority the Lord gave me. <laughs> Examine yourselves, not others. But the internet wouldn't work if we do that. Okay, help the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you consider 
Like, this is the letter that Paul's writing to a church community, and this is kind of one of the final thoughts that he has in that letter. So you can think of this word or phrase that stuck out to you and continue to meditate on how um, the author of this might be trying to convey something important as kind of a closing of a letter. Yeah, that's great. So um, I particularly wanted to choose this scripture because of the New Year's Day that we're in right now. We're ending out, we're closing out 2022, we're getting going on 2023. And uh, if there's anything that I learned from doing youth work, it's that uh, an important closeout session is always valuable, sometimes more valuable than the activity itself. Closing out and evaluating an activity sometimes more valuable than the activity itself. Um, this is back when I used to do a summer urban gardening program with the Landscape Arboretum. Um, initially, I led uh, teams of youth, and then I kind of uh, did communications for that program while I was planting New City, um, because I was not planting full-time. Hallelujah. So, so one of the things that we learned was called YPQA, uh, Youth Program Quotient Assess, Quality Assessment. Um, and this is an assessment created by researchers at the University of Minnesota for assessing the quality of a youth program. Uh, so one of the main things that they looked at in this program is whether or not the adults in the space and the youth in the space do three things. Co-plan what they're going to do, their lesson, their activity, their program. Co-experience what they're going to do. And then co-evaluate what they're going to do. So let's just walk through that. Uh, I was working with these, uh, these groups of teenagers and kind of the idea, like in its most ideal sense is that we would start the day saying, hey, um, today we have like, um, we have to finish weeding the garden. We have to talk to people who are interested in like stores that were interested in buying our produce. And we have to design a flyer and we have six hours today. And this is what the weather is going to look like. How do you think we should go about the day? And then let the youth kind of like co-plan it together like let them negotiate amongst themselves like should is it smart to uh weed in the beginning of the day because it might be a little bit cooler or is it better to put it off at the end of the day because that's the least fun part and we want to uh do push that off until the end so we that's kind of like trying to get buy-in from them instead of coming in and saying like this is for sure what we're going to do then we co-experience it uh we all do the the work together and then lastly, we co-evaluate. And that's basically saying like, okay, we said that we were going to do a certain thing. How did that actually go in reality? And what can we learn from that? And also, just from a self-reflection standpoint, like, how did you show up to your team today? Uh, what energy were you bringing after lunch when everyone was dragging? When we hit certain obstacles, were you able to like energize the team to keep moving through? And so like this whole process of co-planning, co-experiencing and co-evaluating was built on the idea that if we can like uh, uh, pay attention to our bodies and our emotions using our head to analyze it, 
then suddenly we can spark a growth for uh, how we develop as human beings. Because if we're kind of like moving into our activities with intentionality, then suddenly we can start to observe and learn patterns in ourselves. And so in our uh, reading today, we have this um, uh, invitation from Paul to examine ourselves right off the top. It's like, so it's time to examine yourselves. And just like the youth working in my program at the Arboretum, I think Paul was inviting them to take a look at the mirror and realize how they might not have um, uh, been living into what they know to be true as a community. See, Paul had, uh, so Paul is this guy who like uh, uh, traveled all around the Mediterranean to start churches. So when we uh, have a book called Romans, that's like a letter to the church in Rome. And similarly, uh, Paul started a church in Corinth. And so uh, Corinthians is a letter to the people who are from Corinth. Uh, we have a first Corinthians, which is his first letter. And from first Corinthians, and also a little bit of the book of Acts, we get a sense of the context that Paul is in. Because Paul planted this church community, started organizing this community, said, you all are self-sustaining, you're doing great, um, I'm going to keep going. And then, after he left, apparently some very bougie, uh, uh, well-to-do people who said that they actually knew what the will of God was, started coming in and, and um, creating divisions among the community. And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians, is writing back and being like, hey, I just want to give you a, a, a quick check-in. I heard that there's some weird things going on. Like, y'all doing okay? Like, we kind of like discovered this liberating love of God together. And now it's kind of sounds like you're creating, like just recreating the same hierarchies that the empire created in the first place. Like, what's going on here? And that's 1 Corinthians. And then apparently, uh, as we read in 2 Corinthians, Paul actually did like a full loop back, like a full like, uh, we're at, if, if you all don't quiet down, we're going to pull this car over kind of vibes. <laughs> like, just full, like, okay, uh, what's going on, Corinthians? And then he left again. And this is the second letter. So this is like, okay, I'm really looping back, trying <laughs> to, to set this church on the course of what we remembered it to be, a community of liberating love, a community where we practice inward transformation an outward transformation, a community where we practice generosity and not hoarding, abundance and not scarcity. And yet it seems like some folks came in with a fancy PowerPoint and all of a sudden you're like betraying some of the things that we agreed upon together. And so like any community member, Paul is holding this community in loving accountability. And this isn't, by the way, um, I know that Paul can sometimes be a little shamey in his writings. If you've read some of the New Testament, sometimes it can come off as pretty shamey. But I really believe his intentions uh, when in verse 10, do you, do you remember that part in verse 10 where he was talking about, um, uh, I'm here not to be harsh to you, but I'm here to build you up, to to like support you as you pursue wholeness in God. 
And so any type of strength or accountability or conflict that we're picking up in this is all trying to come from a place of, of us pursuing wholeness, of the church community pursuing wholeness. And I think Paul is very clear that you can never encounter uh, wholeness unless you're practicing self-examination. You'll never really become like the fullest God-intended, God-breathed version of yourself if there isn't a little bit of reflection of what is going on in your life and how you're showing up to these space. Again, not to be kind of shamey, but maybe just to learn patterns. You know, maybe it's just better to always weed in the morning because it's always going to be harder after lunch. And like tons of problems start whenever we, whenever we do certain things in certain times. Like maybe there's a kind way that you can look at your life and see the lessons that you learned last year and examine the questions that you're exploring next year. Hold them up to God and say, like, God, please help me to examine this. And I know that um, uh, a lot of times, I don't know, if you grew up in a Christian background where there was a lot of shame dynamic, a lot of you get a totally right or totally wrong dynamic, black and white thinking, there can be a lot of uh, built up kind of pent up stuff that's like, oh, I want to get this right. Like, oh gosh, I have to examine myself right. Or if I discover something that isn't of God, then I have to kind of perfectionistically skewer that out of me, kind of amputate parts of myself because I, I have to be kind of this like Western notion of perfection, which is like completely without flaw and never experiencing flaw. And I think that, um, what God is instead calling us to is not perfectionism, but maturity. That God is calling us to a certain like elevation or a certain maturity of who we are so that we can continue to strive towards perfection without getting into shame spirals. This takes a lot of spiritual maturity, by the way. Sometimes it takes, depending on uh, the type of support system that you have had and you currently have, this might take your whole life. So, you know, if, if you're feeling impatient with this, then, then practice um, some kindness with yourself. But eventually we have to get to the point where we are mature enough that we can look at our lives and not feel a paralyzing, spiraling shame at our mistakes and instead kind of feel like what Paul is inviting us to feel, like, we're joining God in a journey towards wholeness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that, that, does that kind of resonate? So, um, so when Paul is talking about this test business, I know it, it was kind of wordy, so I, I just want to loop back. Paul is saying, like, test yourself to see, actually, let me get the exact word. Paul is saying, um, uh, test yourselves. Don't you understand that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. But I hope that you will realize that we don't fail the test. So what Paul is trying to say is, like, test yourself and do so with the faith that Jesus Christ is already in you, that the Spirit of God, the creator of the universe, the redeemer of all things, the Spirit that sustains all of life, is already present within you. And so you step up to the test and you realize that you can't fail the test because God is within you. That all of the answers 
are already there. All of the cheat codes and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the things that you need to pass any sort of test that matters is already present within your life. You already passed the test. That's the good news. But then Paul says that we get into trouble when we pretend as if we hadn't passed the test or we act in a way to make it appear that we are passing the test, even if we're doing what we know is wrong for the sake of appearances. And conversely saying like, so it's better to do what you know is right, even if it appears that you are failing the test. Mm, that's so good. Uh, many people at, at New City Church have experienced this uh, simply around intersectionality. Like there was a lot, a lot of folks at New City have been part of communities where either the stands on LGBT things, on racism, on ableism, on um, documentation status were so unacceptable that, that the community members were like, I have to do what appears wrong but what I know is right uh, in the name of Jesus. And so like a lot of folks uh, cause disruption in their communities, in their family systems for the sake of doing what is right and doing um, the thing that confirms that Jesus Christ is not only in you, but in all people and in all things. And so my friends, um, my invitation for you is to take this worship service and maybe this whole day to reflect on what it meant to live in 2022, the lessons that you learned, as well as the questions that you're facing in 2023. Do this with the kindness, maturity, and wholeness that comes from faith that all the answers are already there and you've already passed all the tests that you need to pass. This, I believe, is eventually how we are going to develop not only as individuals, but as a whole community together.